Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host, Jordan. Today, as we go ahead and recap everything from everything that we learned from Sean Payne's press conference all the way to everything about his coaching staff, what we're hearing about OCDC, special teams coordinator, all the latest news and, you know, all the requests that, you know, Sean Payne's putting in to potentially build his staff here in the coming days and what we think about all that and more. But before we jump into all of that and even more, uh, Jordan, how, how are you doing today, man? How does it feel being, uh, being named after the greatest basketball player of all time? You kind of put me up for that one, uh, man. I ain't gonna lie. I, I'm doing good. You know, last, last night was crazy seeing Braun break the scoring record and everything. But you know, Braun's a goat, bro. I'm sorry, like he's the goat. I'm sorry. Oh man. All right, so here to jump into everything uh, Broncos related, I'm gonna go ahead and start off with. Uh, I want to before we jump into all, you know, Sean Payne's press conference, which by the way it was amazing. I'm super excited to talk about that, but I want to go ahead and update all of our viewers and listeners um, about the coaching staff. And speaking of, to all of our viewers and listeners out there that, that are watching, please, if you're listening on YouTube right now. Go hit the subscribe button. Get us to 400 subs. We're on our way. Um, if you're listening out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well, I appreciate you guys so much. Um, if you're over there listening, um, go ahead and leave a five star rating. Um, like that's like one of the best things you can do for us. Also, leave leave feedback, whether it's messaging you know Jordan on Instagram at JMX Sports or messaging me on Instagram at Broncos Avenue. Let us letting us know what you think about the pod. Uh, we've always we've had some you know definitely some uh, good messages over the last few weeks. I really appreciate it. Um, make sure you guys are followed, have notifications on on all platforms so you don't miss any of these episodes where we go ahead you know super in-depth and break down um, all these candidates for their Broncos coaching staff. But first, let's go ahead and talk about the coaches for the Denver Broncos that have officially parted ways. Their contracts have been terminated. They will be no longer with the Denver Broncos. Um, let's go ahead and start off with the biggest one. Obviously, we talked about it a little, in a little bit in our last episode with Jonas Griffith. Um, if you guys haven't watched that, make sure you guys go check it out. Great interview. But Zero Evero, DC um, for the Broncos. Obviously, we could talk about this for a little minute. How 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 are you feeling about uh, losing him to Carolina? We heard a little bit about, um, you know, Dom Capers. Um, obviously, we heard about the interview with Sean Payton uh, and Evero where they kind of discussed um, their, their future. And Evero ultimately said that, you know, I feel it's in my best interest to go ahead and uh, leave the Denver Broncos um, for a different opportunity. And we got a, a little snippet yesterday from a source that um, Dom Capers was actually a big factor in what, uh, you know, made Ever want to go to Carolina rather than uh, Minnesota. But w- what did you think about this? Because I know both of us felt, felt pretty confidently that he would stay. Um, I mean, it just it sucked. I mean, you know, you kind of yeah. see like the reports are saying he met with Sean Payton and you can just kind of see the direction that it was, you know, heading towards that, you know, for him to have to meet with Sean Payton and, you know, it wasn't like a collective, like, you know, meeting or how they look towards the season going. It was immediate to see if he would stay. Um, you know, I, I didn't think towards the end he would actually get a coaching job. I thought if it was one, it was supposed to be the Colts, but I, I didn't think the Colts were going to actually hire him. Uh, but I mean, it sucked, you know, me and you both wanted him to stay. And then my second guy was going to be Brian Flores. And now he's in Minnesota and yeah. Carolina's now Carolina's got Evero and, um, Evero's probably building a staff. Um, you know, reports are coming out saying that the, the Panthers might offer Draymond Jones some type of max deal now. So it seems like Evero's already trying to put in work over there. I mean, it just sucks. You know, you, you want to keep some of the, you know, probably one of the greatest defensive minds in the game right now on your sideline. But he wanted a fresh start. You know, they're saying it's because of his he was close friends, you know, with, with uh, Hackett. It just sucks. Like, I mean, 
I want that role to stay, but you know, Sean Desai looks like he's probably going to be the guy to get the job. Yeah, we saw, speaking of Draymond Jones, we saw a little bit of him liking tweets the other day um, about, you know, uh, he liked the tweet that was uh, from, you know, uh, a tweet that said, you know, it was a bold move to trade multiple draft picks for a coach when you're already low on draft capital, which I don't I don't agree with at all. Um, but Draymond Jones apparently did agree with it. I mean, you never know. We can't sit here and speculate. Um, maybe it was an accident. But I, don't, I highly doubt it. Um, I, I feel like. He, uh, he seems a little bit pissed off by it, to say the least. Now, everybody's freaking out saying that he should stop being a crybaby and whatnot. Look, at the end of the day, this is my opinion on it. I feel like not too many people are standing here with me, but I think he's still an incredible interior defensive lineman, and that doesn't take – these tweets don't take away from the fact that he can still you can still turn it around and you know still be really happy with Sean Payne here. We also not a lot of media coverage is talking about it, but he was also retweeting tweets tweets uh, a few days ago um, during the you know after the Sean Payton uh, press conference. He was retweeting you know certain Sean Payton tweets about what he wants to bring to change the culture culture in Denver and whatnot. So. I, I'm kind of like torn about torn on it right now, but I still I still definitely want Draymond Jones back. This doesn't really change my mind, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I still want him back. Um, do I think he'll be back? I it's kind of hard to Probably say. Not. Probably not, just because you know, anytime you see a player go down this road, you know, not liking the team's moves and everything like that, voicing his opinions that you know he didn't like the Chubb trade and everything like that, and the fact that the Broncos franchise tagged him, it, it's not you know they're not in the right ship right now. So I wouldn't say that he'll you know, be brought back. But, man, that could change. You know, the offseason comes, Broncos offer him a big offer day one, and he never, and then all of that goes out the window. So, but me personally, I do want Draymond Jones back because I think we need him, especially going, you know, if we're going to try to compete, we're going to need a guy like him. Yeah, I would love to bring him back, but I know you brought up a lot, and I'll give you credit for this. You brought up a lot of bringing Marcus Davenport here. I would not be opposed to you know giving Marcus Davenport a reasonable deal, and then using a lot of that money that we would give to Jamon Jones rather on the uh, you know offensive line and free agency. I know George Payton talked a lot about the other day about how the Broncos are going to be you know very very aggressive in free agency this year. He hasn't said that. He hasn't said that in the you know last two years of being the GM here. So. Really excited about that. Just hoping he can bulk up that offensive line around Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, because I'm I'm looking at this free agency. It might be like the year that we picked up a lot of those guys. You know, when uh, we made our Super Bowl run with Aqib Tlaib and T.J. Ward, uh, Demarcus Ware. You know, you go back and look at those contracts. A lot of those contracts they were kind of team friendly. They were like, you know, they were old. Got those guys were older in age, and they took a little bit less money than other places. That I'm pretty sure offered them more to try to go win the championship. Man, Draymond. Yeah, Draymond Jones is just a guy that he wants, you know, this is his first opportunity to get in a major deal, you know, a bag. And he knows he's not going to get the franchise. So just preparing y'all, Bron you know, as Bronco fans, just he might end up walking and they might go a different direction and go get, you know, a veteran guy who's going to come here for cheaper. So that's just the real, that, that's just how it is. Yeah. So uh, Booch Berry, offensive lineman coach for the Denver Broncos, I want to talk about him for a little minute. Um, obviously, not a good coach at all. I mean, I, I hate to, you know, really bash certain players or coaches, but Boochberry, I didn't really see anything good from him this year. Um, we got Benjamin Albright right now on Twitter, like as we're recording this, saying that um, Boochberry, instead of correcting guys on the mistakes that they're making, you know, on the field and in practice, he would go put notes in their lockers about what they were doing wrong rather than coming up to them and communicating with them during practice and whatnot. He literally... This is the epitome of terrible communication. This is what 
goes throughout the whole team and just sends a terrible vibe. And this is what splits this is what splits locker rooms and splits, you know, uh, you know, offensive lines from coaches or, you know, the same thing, you know, pours out through the rest of the team and the organization. It's a terrible look. You know, this is a reason why he got fired along with Dwayne Stukes and Nathaniel Hackett. Um, he, he just he just simply not really fit to be offensive lineman coach here. And then we just got news around, you know, a half hour ago that he, uh, Mike McDaniels reuniting with him on the Miami Dolphins staff. He's going to be their uh, offensive lineman coach. Um, so good, good luck with him. But uh, definitely one of my least favorite coaches in recent memory. I mean, I can't believe we went from a Mike Munchak to a, to a Booch Berry. Yeah, I didn't really get us letting Mike Munchak go, especially it was just our decision to, you know, like just to not bring on. I think it's his contract was up and we just didn't bring him back, right? Uh, the, it was a Nathaniel Hackett thing. Like he, I, I can't remember what the contract thing was, but Nathaniel Hackett didn't want to work with him. He wanted his own guy that he, yeah, you know, Bruce Barry worked with him in, uh, you know, Green Bay. So, yeah, I mean, you seen, you know, that the offensive line was improving every season, and this year just kind of took a halt. You know, some of that was due to injuries, but I mean, the offensive line just wasn't good. And I, I've never heard of anything like that passing those in the locker room. You know, that's why I'm just glad we got a guy like Sean Payton. That that type of stuff is not going to happen. Pretty sure he that that type of stuff is not gonna fly on this next on the staff that he's gonna bring in. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. I think you know Zach Streif was just named the offensive line coach. Yeah, that that type of stuff isn't gonna happen. That's just that's unheard. I ain't never heard nothing like that. Instead of calling them out, you gonna pass them a note and tell them what they need to work on. Like what? Yeah, I want to go. I want to go and talk about uh, Zach Streif in a little bit when we go over our coaching news. Um, I really, really love that hire. Actually, um, there's a few guys that people wanted instead. Um, I know some people wanted Mike Munchak back, but I, I love the Zach Streif hire a lot. It isn't official yet, um, uh, but they, you know, it's expected as Ian Rapport has reported. But um, it, it is highly expected to happen, just not official yet. So. Um, the next one, uh, assistant offensive lineman coach Ben Steele, he has been let go. Um, Mike Liss and other guys on the organization have said that he he has he he honestly did a, a decent job stepping in for uh, when Booch Berry, um, you know, got fired. Uh, but ultimately, the offensive line was just you know declining over the back half of the season, so uh, it, it was the right move um, to let him go. And, and obviously, Ben Steele never worked with Champagne. It was a no brainer. Um, tight ends coach Jake Moreland was also let go. Running backs coach Tyron, Tyrone Wheatley um, was let go. Um, obviously, Javante Williams is uh, someone who's actually you know spoken highly of Tyrone Wheatley. So um, this is a guy obviously just didn't didn't perform in expectations this year and isn't going to fit in uh, Peyton's staff. So he's let go. Um, then obviously the ones we talk about. Uh, talked about in our last episode and inside linebackers coach Peter Hansen, um, who Jonas Griffith, uh, you know, obviously praised on our last episode. Um, he is being let go and it is official as of this morning, according to Mike Cliss, that he will be joining uh, Zero Evero staff in Carolina. Um, it's been it's being reported that a lot of um, coaches that are being let go are, uh, you know, immediately following Evero to Carolina, which may, which makes sense ultimately. Um then we got offensive line or excuse me, outside linebackers coach Burt Watts was let go. And then obviously the biggest one, strength and conditioning coach Lauren Landau uh, is being let go from the Denver uh, Broncos. Um, Jonas Griffith confirmed for us on our last episode that, um, you know, a lot of people, especially Zach Stevens and others, um, I don't like calling out people, but they said that uh, they said that Lauren Landau stepped away and that he just didn't want to be a part of the team, which is completely false. Uh, Jonas Griffith confirmed on the last episode that he wanted to stay here, but ultimately Sean Payton and, um, you know, organization thought it was in the best interest to go ahead and part ways. Um, 
Someone uh, speaking of the, you know, training staff, strength and conditioning, someone who I want to see go. And I'm not one to usually call for guys jobs, but that's a uh, Vince Garcia, the head of athletic training. Someone who I feel like not a lot of people are really um, not necessarily bashing, but not necessarily you know, not necessarily calling him out for any reason. He's a head athletic trainer. He was responsible a lot for the conditioning as well. And, you know, getting guys right in the off season and training camp OTAs uh, preseason as well. Um, and I just, I just feel like it was a very poor below average job. I mean, obviously over the last three years, the Broncos have been one of, if not the most injured teams in the NFL this year, they had a record breaking amount of players on IR and salary cap on IR. So you gotta, you gotta change stuff like that. And I, I would, um, I wouldn't say I would love because that just sounds, you know, rude. But um, I want to see Vince Garcia off the staff uh, some sometime pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. First of all, I'm saying I'm not surprised that a lot of these guys are getting let go. I mean, that's part of changing the culture. You know, the things that mm-hmm. were run even the past few years, even if guys did somewhat of a mediocre job or you know a decent job, you just got to let them go because you, it's a new culture. You got to bring stuff new. Um, but as far as Vince Garcia goes. I don't really know what they're doing there. I guess that they think Lauren Landau is more to blame. Um, but I mean, he, he still can get, he still might get fired. So, you know, there's still, yeah. you know, a chance of that happening. But um, if he doesn't, then Lauren Landau was the fall guy. And um, I'm, I'm fine with that. But I think either way it goes, I thought when Sean Payne was going to come over here that mostly everybody was going to be gone, which is, it's looking like that's the case. Like everybody, you know, we're going to have a, a brand new whole staff from top to bottom. And I'm, I'm on board with it. I mean, a lot of those guys that you name, like, you know, their position groups may have done fine and they may have met the expectations, but it's a culture thing. You got to get it. It's got to be a new culture in Denver if you want to win Super Bowl. So, yeah, when you're getting a new uh, a new coach, you know, obviously you got to get the guys that know your system have been around you for a while. That's the that's your that's your best chance at winning football games, you know, ASAP. Whereas if you're going to get guys or even retain guys that you really haven't worked with and you're going to have to spend extra time preparing with them and, you know, presenting your your game plan to them, it's going to it's going to take a little bit and you're probably not going to get on track right away like you would want to. Um Obviously, that just completely diminishes everything that Nathaniel Hackett was trying to do. I mean, he brought all his 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 best buddies, and it never, it never, never worked. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'm really, I'm really excited though about uh, you know we're about to jump into everything with uh, Sean Payne, who he's bringing in. But, but first, I want to talk about the coaches that are still around. But a lot of these coaches are expected to d- take jobs elsewhere. Um, quarterbacks coach Clint Kubiak obviously called plays uh, for a por- portion of games after Nathaniel Hackett gave up play calling duties. Um, but then ev- eventually, out of respect, uh, Clint Kubiak handed down the play calling duties. Um, and he knows a mutual agreement as well between him and Jay Rosberg that they were going to let Justin out and call plays, which, by the way, Justin Outen is still under contract with the Broncos. Um, I believe he has around three uh, interviews for different, um, you know, uh, coaching spots on different teams. Um, I know the Rams and the Ravens are a few of them. Um, he, we don't know if it's a, if he's going back to coaching tight ends or if he's going to potentially be an OC again, which would be huge for him because he did. Uh, I know me and you have talked a lot about this podcast. We were very, very impressed with the way he called plays the last few weeks. He deserves a lot, a lot of credit as a rookie play caller. Um, and then a coach who I absolutely love, I do not want – uh, as you ever to snag him and bring him to Carolina. And I don't think he will because he was here prior to that. But Christian Parker, defensive backs coach, 
for the Broncos. I love him a lot. I think he deserves a lot of praise. Obviously worked with the um, Green Bay Packers and then became a part of the Broncos coaching staff in 2021 um, and has just done an, an incredible job since then. He is a, he, he takes a lot of responsibility for um, the, the growth and progress we've seen from guys like uh, Damari Mathis and Jaquan McMillan. Yeah, I think that um, if we do, you know, kind of promote somebody in-house for the D.C. position, I think Christian Parker would be the best way to go. I think he can kind of implement something, you know, somewhat of uh, Zero Evero's defense, you know, kind of the nickel looks, more DBs on the field and stuff like that. I mean, I, I haven't really done too much work on Sean Desai, <clears throat> but I think that, um, yeah, I think Christian Parker's really, in my opinion, if I had to promote somebody, it probably would be him. I don't really think there's anybody else out there for the DC spot that's like just a big target. So I think me personally should be out of uh, Sean Desai and Christian Parker for the DC job. Um, and then next we got uh, D- defensive lineman coach uh, Marcus Dixon, who uh, you know Deshaun Williams talked a lot about on the pod how he 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 loves him and thought he did a great job this year. Um, and then a spe- assistant special teams coach Mike Mallory, who is still under contract. A lot of these these guys in the organization thought he didn't he didn't do too bad at all. And Jerry Rosberg, uh, you know, talked you know spoke highly of him, so he is still under contract with Denver, but uh, he's expected to be let go as uh, Sh- Sean Payne is looking for a new. A special teams coach. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into all this uh, coaching staff news that we know as of now. Um, so obviously, like you said, um, Brian Flores went to Minnesota. He was expected to interview for the Broncos defensive coordinator position yesterday, but he ends up taking that DC position in Minnesota. Um, a lot of people thought he would actually come here. Uh, I just didn't see it as a very big real reality, given the fact that he has lawsuits against the Denver Broncos and John Elway is still like in and out of the building. So I don't see any reason why people would have actually thought he would come here. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. And he, they said that he had a scheduled interview, but ended up taking the Minnesota job. I don't believe that, but um, I mean, we didn't get a, a report that he, they even approved of that interview request. So um, regardless, he's, he's going to Minnesota, not Denver. Um, and then we have uh, Sean Desai, who actually computed, completed his interview with the Denver Broncos as of yesterday. Uh, we haven't got any inside news on how that interview went with the uh, with uh, Sean Payton and company, but um, he did complete his interview yesterday as of Tuesday um, for the Broncos' vacant D.C. position. And I want to go ahead and jump into Sean Desai real quick. I did a lot of diving into him uh, last night and previous days. Um, so 2013 through 2018, uh, Sean Desai was the Bears' quality control assistant. Um, he was retained by um, you know former Broncos head coach uh, and John Fox there in Chicago. Um, and it was also retained by Matt Nagy in um, around 2018. Um, he He's someone that like you hear a lot about. We were just talking about when coaches go to a new team, they want their guys. They want their guys. But Sean Desai never worked with John Fox or um, Matt Nagy, and they, he was still able to retain them just because they were really impressed by the job he did there in Chicago and wanted continuity on that side of the ball, and they thought he did a really uh, good job. Um, that just speaks to a lot because – most of the time, you have to be a really, really impressive coach to be retained by a new coach, you know, coming into town, um, given the fact that you don't really have much experience with them. Um, 2019 and 2020, he was the Bears safety coach. Um, he's given a lot of credit and praise um, for, you know, Eddie Jackson's development and him making the Pro Bowl there in those years. Um, and in 2021, he was a promoted um, defensive coordinator um, after, you know, Vic Fangio came and uh, became the Denver Broncos head coach. 
Um, he was not retained um, after the season, uh, um, though, because uh, Matt Eberflus uh, ended up, you know, being the Colts defensive coordinator, came to Chicago um, and went ahead and uh, moved on from him simply because of, you know, relationships and whatnot. Wanted to bring he wanted to bring his own guys, so. That leads him to 2022, um, where he becomes a Seahawks associate head coach and defensive assistant. Wasn't DC, but the defensive assistant. And um, obviously, last year the Seahawks were a little bit shaky on defense. But how, how do you how do you feel about how he uh, did there in Seattle last year with them? Was he the DB? He was the DB's coach, right? Or no, he wasn't. He was just the defensive assistant. Uh in Seattle, just a defensive assistant and okay. associate. Head coach. Um, I think Seattle, their defense was. It wasn't the best, but I feel like they had some solid players. I mean, guys came, you know, they had a lot of rookies and a lot of guys that came over that performed at the probably the best of their careers last year. You got um the guy's name, um, you shouldn't He came over to Seattle and quickly turned around, you know, his game. I mean, he was almost a pro bowler, I think. I think he made it. I can't remember if he did or not, but and the oh, yeah, main guy, yeah, the main guy is Tariq Woolen. I mean, you see how he came, fourth round pick. I mean, you see what they did with him. I mean, he's Probably my he's in my opinion top three cornerback in the league. I mean, sorry doing him. They still got young corners like Kobe Bryant, Quandre Diggs is still one of the best safeties in the league. So I mean, and their, their linebackers play good too. Cody Barton, those guys, they're flying all over the field. So I mean, he can come to Denver. I think um if he comes here, you're gonna see a lot of more zone zone schemes, like a lot, a lot of zone, because that's what you know he did with Tariq Woolen and those guys. He really those guys like to run a lot of zone and a lot of linebacker coverage schemes. So it's going to be a different look if he comes here. But, I mean, I'm all for it. You know, we just got to get more talent on defense, too. We just got to keep improving. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's a good yeah, that's a good point because he's obviously a Vic Fangio disciple. He worked there in Chicago with him. Um, obviously, Vic Fangio ran a lot of uh, you know zone schemes here. Um, we we heard a few days ago that um, the reason the Broncos are actually um, interviewing Sean Desai is because Vic Fangio recommended him to us. Um, so that's obviously from one of the greatest defensive minds in recent memory. Um, when he's recommending, you know, Sean Desai to you, um, you definitely got to give him at least the interview um, because, you know, Vic Fangio obviously speaks highly of him and thinks highly of him um, in his, you know, schemes and efforts. But yeah, Sean Desai um, obviously interviewed for the DC position yesterday. Um, he, when he was the defensive coordinator for the Bears in 2021, um, they had the 22nd ranked defense, obviously not, not the best. Um, they allowed the six least total yards, though. That's really good. Um, but the biggest the biggest knock on Sean Desai and his defense is they just fail to get takeaways. They uh, and you know I don't I don't know what it is. Um, that was like Vic Fangio when he first came here in Denver. It's like we never could really generate any sacks or takeaways, and that's just been kind of like a knock on Sean Desai. Um, in twenty twenty one, Chicago only had sixteen takeaways. That was twenty uh, eighth in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of like the Vic Vangio defenses. I, me personally, I'm not a big fan of constantly running zone. Um, me neither. Yeah, I think that man, you know, especially if he does come to Denver, I think you got to make a switch to man coverage. When you got guys like Patrick Sertan and all those DBs, Damari Mathis, Kawan Williams, you know, you just, man seems like the right thing to run. I mean, you know, we won our Super Bowl by running just strictly man defense. You know, with Wade Phillips calling the plays, he ran straight man defense. I mean, I ain't never seen really nothing like it. Like, he rarely ran zone, but – um, yeah, I mean, Vic Vangio, he doesn't get a lot of takeaways and that's just because he runs a lot, he runs a lot of linebacker schemes and linebackers typically don't get a lot of interceptions. The DBs do. So when you have more DBs lined up on the field, like this year, you get more takeaways, Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan, Kawhi Williams, you know, he got the game winning pick. I mean, you just see it. 
that's just what it is. You run more DBs on the field, you make more plays on the ball. You get linebackers in there, you get beat a lot, and you just get a you get a you get breakups, but just not a lot of takeaways. Yeah, and uh, like you said, they run a lot of linebackers and coverage and whatnot in that system. Um, in 2021, his defense allowed uh, 31 passing touchdowns. That was the fifth most in the NFL. Um, obviously, when you're not having DBs out there, it's kind of it's kind of iffy and kind of hard to really defend that in a sense. Um, but you know, one of the better things is his defenses always seem to be very well disciplined. Um, he had uh, 93 penalties um, in 2021. That was the ninth least in the NFL, um, even there with a young defense in Chicago. So, um, and then they allowed 2,000. Uh, 127 rushing yards. Uh, that was 10th most in the NFL. So run defense wasn't the best, but we can go ahead and sit sit the year here and pick pick apart his uh, stats. But that isn't really all on him. I mean that. that is large in part due to the roster he had. Um, but at the end of the day, Chicago did have a good defense and he was Great. a play caller. So, um, yeah, so you, you got it. I mean, you, you can't help, but, you know, just, you know, pick apart those stats there. Um, yeah. I, in terms of my personal opinion on Sean Desai, I wouldn't hate it, but I wouldn't love it. I yeah. think there's, I, yeah, I think um, I might be reaching here and I, I don't, I don't want this, but I would not be completely opposed to Christian Parker, um, you know, elevating him. But it's just a little it's a little, you know, I don't know, because he's going to be a rookie play caller. He's only been barely DB's coach for a few years now. Um, I'm not I'm honestly I would rather have Sean decide, but I wouldn't be completely mad at uh, Christian Parker either. But one thing I've been constantly saying over the last few days is I don't know why Sean Payne's not expanding the search to at least one or two more candidates, especially with Brian Flores. Uh, going to Minnesota. That's something I want to see them do there. Maybe it hasn't been reported. Um, maybe we just don't know about it. I feel like Mike Cliss would be on that, but um, we're just not hearing about any other DC um, uh, candidates, which makes you think, you know, um, they probably think very highly of Sean Desai if they if they don't expand their candidates. Because um, obviously, if they really wanted to pick apart, you know, multiple minds and get the right guy for them, you know, they would cast a wide net with different candidates, but they're just simply not doing that. So I think um, maybe they just went into that interview thinking that, you know, Sean Desai is going to be their uh, next defensive coordinator. Um, and if so, we should probably hear sometime today or tomorrow. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't really go look at Chris Richard. I mean, you look in New Orleans, New Orleans, they ran a lot of nickel sets and a lot of DBs on the field. But that's, you know, they had really about, they had a few good linebackers. Quan Alexander was there when he was there. And they had, you know, Demario Davis. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I love it. You know, just, I mean, I Vic Bangio can call plays on defense and everything like that. But his defenses weren't. I don't really know how to put it into words. Like his deep, it wasn't like Evero's defense where it's just straight up dominant. Like they, you know, you, where you know you're less aggressive. Yeah, it's less. Yeah, just less aggressive. Like and you know, just I, I feel like we, if we get a guy like Sean decide we're gonna have to get a, a a top linebacker. Like if that means drafting one, you know, or go out and paying a linebacker because I mean Josie Jewell is probably our best cover linebacker, but in the AFC you're gonna need a guy that can cover all around the field and they can move with those guys, especially if you're going to be running a whole bunch of linebacker drawback schemes. So we'll see how it goes. But if I had to pick one, I'd pick Christian Parker. I just think that, I mean, he's coming fresh off of, you know, learning from his zero arrow. He's seen the success the defense had with him calling the plays and the way he did it. I just think if he gets promoted, it's going to be somewhat similar because he knows what works, especially if a lot of the same guys are coming back. And with, and with the defense being young, he's going to want those players to stick to the same type of things, you know, that, that they're used to running and that, that they had success in. So bringing in somebody that's just going to completely change that is just, I don't think it's the smartest thing to do. 
Exactly. Um, I, and then the more coaching news, we have uh, Zach Streif, like you uh, mentioned, um, you know, obviously longtime Saints player. He's expected to be hired as the next offensive lineman coach. Um, he was an offensive lineman the first year that Sean Payne became the head coach there in New Orleans. He was his offensive lineman all the way from 2006 to 2017, 11 years, and eventually retired to uh, – go right back to uh guess what you know sean payton he is uh he was his uh, assistant offensive lineman coach for the saints in 2021 and 20 uh and then obviously he stepped away um and then zach streif was still the offensive lineman coach assistant li- offensive lineman coach in 2022 um he's expected to be hired by uh you know sean payton um jeff duncan is saying that this is a big loss a big loss for the Saints. Um, he, he even went as far to say that Zach Streif is one of the best young offensive coaches in the entire NFL. Um, he is someone that a lot of people are just praising. We're seeing former players um, of the Saints come out and say, we even saw Alvin Kamara, like, um, it was like an hour after the, uh, the news came out. Um, he he kind of like tweeted his uh, his frustration with the fact that the Bron- uh, the Saints were losing uh, Zach Streif. So, uh, maybe he was tweeting about something else, but uh, right now, as as it stands, everybody uh, in that Saints organization um, seems a little bit upset, upset that they lost a um, a great coach in Zach Streif. Yeah, I mean Zach Streif. You know, I he was probably a really solid offensive lineman. I mean, he was an All Pro one year, and I you know I did a little deep dive into him in the four, in the eleven years he played, he only had fourteen holding penalties in his whole career. I mean that that that's that's crazy when you think about it. Like. I mean, so, you know, you yeah, bringing him over, I'm not surprised. I mean, he's a player's coach. He played under a great coach, so he knows what it takes, you know, to go out there and coach right. I mean, you look at Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchick was developing, Cesar Ruiz. I mean, you just got to – there, the offensive line is just continues. You know, it's always somewhat good. You know, they brought over Andrews Pete and everything like that. He's developing. Um, you know, he developed – I mean, I, I, I loved it. I'm not going to lie. I love, you know, hiring those player coaches, coming over from yeah. other staffs. I mean, I, I – He's exactly what we need, and, you know, just exactly what we need. So we're going to see what he does. Um, you know, obviously, Garrett Bowles, he's going to come, you know, try to come back from his broken leg. But I think with Zach Streif, it's probably going to be a lot of veterans, um, I would say, beyond offensive line. I don't think that many young guys, unless we go strictly offensive line with our first, you know, two first, you know, third-round picks, something like that. But if they're young guys, man, they're, they're going to develop nice with Zach Streif. Yeah. I, I definitely think they're going to try to bring some veterans. They don't want to, you know, really put too much on Streif's shoulders here in his first years in Denver. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he certainly is up for the task. Um, if we're willing to, I think we're at least going to draft, uh, you know, um, an offensive lineman with one of those third round picks to, you know, hopefully eventually be a starter, just like uh, Quinn Miners turned out to be. Um, I'm really excited for Zach Streif. I love this hire. Like you said, great point. Players, coaches, they're the trend in the NFL right now, and it's only working. I mean, I there's not really many. Uh, uh, player coaches right now in the NFL who had you know success in the NFL that aren't working um it just that experience and that just overall I don't know how else to put it experience in the NFL shows it's so valuable in today's NFL when you're becoming a coach it's um you're just seeing it constantly um obviously Jeff Saturday the one exception but regardless a lot lots of uh, former players coaches that are just showing uh, showing to be extremely successful in today's NFL and Zach Streif an incredible offensive lineman is 11 years in New Orleans he knows uh you know Sean Payton's uh, offensive you know scheme to you know from top to bottom like in the, like you know with the, like the back of his hand, you know, yeah, I just love this hire from uh, top to bottom. I, you know, Zach Streif is going to be, I think he's going to be one of those uh, offensive linemen coach who finally 
finally got our guy and is going to be here for a few years now. Um, you, you know, great relationship with Sean Payton. Um, speaking of relationships with Sean Payton, um, Sean, Pay- Sean Payton is going to be uh, interviewing Saints quarterbacks coach Ronald Curry for their offensive coordinator job. Someone who I completely miss on, uh, you know, two episodes ago when we were, um, you know, kind of speculating on which coaches uh, Sean Payton would bring in potentially for OC and DC. Um, he, uh, he joined Sean Payton's staff in 2016 as an offensive assistant and was promoted to wide receivers coach in 2018 to then eventually becoming a quarterback's coach in 2021, um, obviously receiving multiple promotions by uh, Sean Payton, someone who Sean Payton likes and thinks highly of. Um, I, I mean, I, I like this. If you if you guys want to see uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sun, Tim Patrick take off this year, and Ronald Car- uh, Curry being a former NFL wide receiver, another former player who's becoming a coach, um, and you want to see them take big leap leaps, this is uh this is a guy that you guys probably want to put you know circle on your list. Yeah, and I mean, me and you both said at the start of it, you know, like that it was going to be a lot of Saints coaches that was going to come over. And I mean, Ronald Curry, I mean, I would just love it. I mean, you see what you know they did over there. You know, he's a quarterback coach. Um, in New Orleans, so you know he worked. So I, I don't know. Did he work with Drew Brees a lot? You know, like was he the coach when Drew Brees was still playing? Uh, he didn't work with Drew Brees, but he was a he was a coach there. Okay, yeah, I don't know the exact what coach he was, but I mean, just still working around that office. Just an offensive assistant. Yeah, offensive assistant. So I mean, you just see the development guys took. You know, him and Sean Payton, they went to work with it, and I mean, I would just love it. Like you said, a lot of guys are gonna take off just under Sean Payton. So for him to bring in some other guys that know how he coaches and know the dilemma that you know he brings, guys gonna take off. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Um, Ronald, Car- Ronald Curry, I can't remember exactly how old he is. And he's in, he's in his mid to late, uh, thirties. Um, he, he obviously, uh, like you said, I mean, he did, he was in the building with Drew Brees. He didn't work specifically with him, but he was in the building with him. One thing I love about Sean Payton, I'm re- like throughout doing my research these last, you know, uh, this last week or so, he loves to hire guys to bring in his office of assistance. That's something we don't really see too much here in Denver that I love. He loves like building these guys from the ground up. He knows he's going to build a great culture, a great standard here. Um, and he, his, his overall process of how he not only grooms players, but grooms coaches and develops coaches. I mean, Ronald Curry, obviously in, in the race to become the OC for Sean Payton, he, he was just, be, he came in as office of assistant as well as many other guys that were, were about to go over who were office of assistants under Sean Payton eventually got those promotions. You don't really see this too much, um, especially as a Denver Broncos fan. You always hear about, yeah, this guy's coming from this team to become our OC rather than this guy coming to be our office of assistant and eventually build his way up. It, it's just in part, you know, mostly, you know, the reason because of that is because we're always we always have a new head coach and they're not really able to build that, you know, constant, you know, consistent, you know, years of being able to build a coaching staff and, you know, groom them over the years being in Denver. But um, I, I just love what, you know, Sean Payne has been, you know, put there in New Orleans and is wanting to continue to bring here in Denver. And I hope he uh, hires a handful of offensive assistants here in Denver and, you know, you know, brings them a lot of success because, you know, as a Broncos fan, you see a lot of your, you know, you take pride in seeing like your your coaches get, you know, interview requests elsewhere and obviously Giro Evero Panthers fans went absolutely ballistic when they got him as their DC it's and it's because they know he was a damn good coach here in Denver and our defense is better than theirs so man my um, best friend's a Panther fan and he called me I was pissed off I'm not gonna lie I was so pissed but yeah I mean um yeah I mean I, I love the all the offensive assistants I mean you can't you can't not like hate it I mean especially Denver's been struggling with offense the past few years so you know I'm down for all the offensive assistants you can get and you know they're all close to Sean Payton so you know most of them have to be some 
really great football minds. So you just want to have all the best football minds trying to work together and fix the issues. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to fix the culture. And then you got the main thing, fix that offense, because, I mean, that'll just that'll fix mostly all the problems with the team. I'm not going to lie. Like and um, yeah. everybody been saying, you know, like just once you start winning, then everything else just goes out the window. Everything's just about winning. So I'm pretty Sean Payton's going to bring in a lot of coaches, like a lot. I'm pretty sure because he needs all hands on deck. You want to try to yeah. change this thing around, especially with young players too. Yeah, you're gonna need a lot of hands on deck. Yeah, we need all that firepower, firepower and knowledge as possible in this uh, building, especially like you said for the offensive side of the ball. I'm super excited for that. Um, let's go ahead and talk about uh, you know the next uh, you know coach that people are kind of it's kind of a rumor right now. It's not official, but um, the Broncos have discussed luring 75 year old former Spit Saints. <laughs> special teams coordinator Mike Westhoff out of retirement to rejoin Peyton staff here in Denver in quote, some capacity. Um, he uh, obviously saints, I'm not really too sure how their special teams um, have really, uh, you know, performed over the years that he was there in new Orleans. Um, but this is someone who obviously is being discussed to replace uh, Dwayne Stukes here in Denver this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know too much about them. I just, I do know the Saints have always had, you know, somewhat good returners. And, you know, I mean, but it's all about, you know, the schemes that you do on special teams and not, you know, they've always had, you know, good kickers, decent punters. I mean, we need a whole new staff. So, I mean, if they think he's the guy they can bring in, I mean, the, the thing that stood out to me is he was 75. And I was like, oh, God. Like, it's just kind of crazy thinking, you know, you got a 75-year-old coach on your staff. But, I mean, hey, look, if he if he can do it, I'm all down for it because we, we need any type of special teams help. I mean, kicking, punting, returning. I mean, we've been dead last in a lot of categories over the past. I mean, dead last in special teams. Just we need help there for real. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, uh, hopefully the, the there's, you know, I, I expect that their special teams is pretty good under him. I mean, Jerry Rosberg is 50, 67 years old and he did a pretty good job as an interim head coach here. So um, I'm not too sure if Mike Westhoff even wants to come out of retirement to join our staff. But um, I think regardless, Sean Payne's going to get the right guy for the special team side. That's just been, uh, uh, you know, to say the least, a horrible, you know, s- you know, side of the ball for the Broncos for years and years. Um, you know, I can't remember the last time we had a, a you know, a, a fire, you know, incredible special teams, but um, hopefully we get the right guy for that job. And then next we have um, Sean Payton uh, made an offer to a longtime Saints offensive assistant and assistant head coach uh, Kevin Petrie for a job on Denver's offensive staff, someone who I wanted so badly. But we ended up getting news this morning that he is going back to the New Orleans Saints rather than joining uh, Sean Payton's staff here in Denver. Mm. Um, I, I wanted him so bad because he's a young, up, up-and-coming coach who I feel like not enough people are talking about. He's an offensive guru, and I think um, the way he's picking apart you know, Sean Payton's brain there and then obviously taking what he can from Dennis Allen and guys there in New Orleans this past year, um, I really wanted him in here in Denver. I mean, he was literally um, – he's so he's extremely young. and He was a assistant head coach for the Saints this year, so I was would have loved to have him, but he's going to end up staying with the Saints this year. Um, I think he's eyeing potentially, you know, getting an in-house promotion um, whenever the you know Saints finish their their uh, tank job this upcoming year. But um, yeah, I, I would I would have loved Kevin Petrie here a lot. Yeah, I mean, 
I'll say this. I think um, with the Saints, I think a lot of those guys probably won't be there. So, I mean, you, we're, we're, it's going to be a lot more hires, especially going into next offseason. Sean's going to get a lot of guys that he wants because this season, unless they get like Derek Carr, they're probably going to try to go make the playoffs. But I just think they got a lot of cap casualties that they're going to have to take care of. So it might be a whole new team, you know, starting off season. I know they're, I know Cam Jordan, Alvin Kamara, um, Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, they, they just got to, they, they have a lot of guys that's eating up a lot of caps. So it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see what they, you know, what they do over there. Um, And then last but not least, Sean Payton is also, I um also reportedly eyeing Saints offensive assistant, Declan Doyle for his tight ends coaching job. Um, Someone who's uh, obviously as well, another guy who's uh, received a lot of praise there in New Orleans. Um, he is eyeing him for their tight ends coaching job. Um, I would like to see that hire um, as well. Um, now let's go ahead and jump into everything that we learned from Sean Payton's press conference from top to bottom. Our biggest takeaways, what we think about what Sean Payton um, said, you know, about different things about, you know, the coaches, the players that he wants to bring in, the culture that he wants to change. And then obviously the biggest thing, um, him saying that, uh, that he wants the Eagles to win this uh, Super Bowl, and he's, he's rooting for them because uh, no um, divisional rival, uh, the Broncos uh, division, should ever win anything. I love that he brought that up. For all the um, you know old-head Broncos fans, I know you guys love that because Pat Bowen used to um, – he has that famous quote um, you know, saying that no no Broncos fan shall ever wish success on a, uh, upon a, you know, a divisional rival. Um, obviously, you know – That'd be huge for you guys to hear that, you know, coming out of Sean Payton's mouth, his opening press conference. But um, speaking of his uh, opening presser, let's go ahead and start off with uh, the biggest takeaways we heard. Um, So my biggest takeaway from this whole thing, I thought this point was um, spot on or not necessarily spot on, but I love the, um, you know, this approach and this uh, different kind of rule he's going to bring to the Broncos is he wants less visibility on social media and more work on the field and just let you know less off the cameras what what do you think about that i i, I love that yeah i loved it too i mean cuz and that was you know pointed specifically towards russell wilson and you know a lot of the younger guys that was just that was funny but i mean no i love it i mean you got to lock in man i mean i think that's you know you see guys around the league do it you know they lock in they may post like once or twice throughout the season and that's it i mean you you're trying to win like you first of all broncos got to try to make the playoffs first it's been a seven-year yeah. drought. You gotta lock in. Like if that means getting off social media, man, do it. Like it's it can't be that hard. I mean, you get paid, everything. I mean, you have to lock in. You gotta stay focused. And I think that's what Sean Payton is gonna try to bring over here. I mean, you gotta stay focused. The culture's gotta change. The, the same things can't keep happening. Yeah, I think there's a certain degree where you can you can you know you know repost your friends' stories or whatever, and just do your daily you know one hour at late at night when you're on social media liking your friends' posts, or if you want to post like a you know whatever a pic from you know training camp or whatever, you know so be it. But if you're over here, and I, I love Russell Wilson, don't get me wrong, but all these videos by his his team, he literally hires people to make you know videos of him you know practicing in his backyard with Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton. KJ Hamler and those guys. And then obviously all the, yeah, we're green screening it. Yeah. My boy, Jew, you got one, four here, you know, all, all of that and it going viral. And then obviously the most notorious thing, Broncos country, let's ride. Um, I, I still think it's hilarious. Um, and I think it was, it was fine that he was doing that at like the interviews after the games and stuff. But, um, the fact that, that it, it honestly, you guys, you guys can call me a clown for it, but that, that did make it a little bit of a distract, you know, a, you know, distracting thing in the locker room for the team. And it honestly kind of made some players turn their heads. 
Yeah, um, I would have to say I agree with everything you said, but I'd say my biggest takeaway um, from everything that Sean Payton said was, you know, after when, you know, he's talking to reporters and, you know, they asked him, you know, about Russell Wilson and his staff. And he was like, you know, it's just foreign to me. Like that won't be happening here. We're going to have our coaching staff and the players and that's going to be everybody in the building. I love that. I'm because you know, it doesn't really make any sense why you need to have your own separate, you know, quarterback coach and have your own separate guys there. I mean, it's a coaching staff. Like, you know, you're supposed to go towards your coaches and work towards your coaches. And that that may have played a factor why him and Hackett weren't always on the same page. I mean, because he's listening to his guys and then going back to the Broncos. Sean Payne's like, that's not going to happen. Everything's going to remain in one circle, the Broncos circle, our our staff and you. So he's I'm, I'm, I'm that that was my biggest takeaway from it. I mean, he's our, he, he's not going to take any of that, any of that crap that was going on when Nathaniel Hackett was there, all that just – that's not going to happen. So I'm loving it already. Yeah. Everybody can go ahead and say, you know, obviously Shannon Sharp is huge on this. He's always like, yeah, go ahead. Take that reserve parking spot away from him. Take that, take that office away from him. He don't deserve that shit. But, um, I, I don't, I don't Mm. care about any of that. I don't even care about the let's ride stuff. Like the biggest thing. And I thought he made a great point is don't have your, don't have your damn personal private coaches working in the facility when your players are there as well. Seeing that it's like, it puts you on a, like a high ground above those guys. And like, I don't know. I just feel like to a certain point, you have to kind of um, not necessarily lower your expectations, but like get on your players' levels. Like you just had the worst season of your career. Um, let, like kind of try to relate to them more. Like I, Sean Payne had talked a lot about that. That's what he wants from Russell Wilson this year is to relate to the players. You know, that that's what obviously Drew Brees did that really well there in New Orleans, and he loved that. That's that locker room was a family, and this this locker room needs to be a family again. Um, the players claim that it was a fl- a family all throughout the season. Um, I don't really think so necessarily. Um, I think they they played hard. Um, you know, minus the Rams game, but um, I think they I think they just need to they need to stick together and. I love the fact that the you know he's not letting him bring his quarterback coaches and stuff in the building. When you when you go ahead and clock out and you know practice is over, go ahead for all for all means necessary. Go home and practice with your quarterback coaches and whatnot, and you know go crazy with them. But when you when it's time for Broncos practice, practice with your receivers, practice with your actual quarterback coach. You know. Um, I'm sure the staff that Sean Payne's going to bring is going to be more than willing to stay after practice and stuff and help you, you know, with your, your fundamentals and whatnot. I just want this to be a whole team effort and not really, you know, separating yourselves uh, in any sense. You know, I don't mean, mean to sit here and bash Russell Wilson, but uh, I, I just, I just don't like that, uh, you know, perspective and view. No, I agree with everything you just said. And, you know, Shannon Sharp, he he cracks me up every time. He's like, you know, take away the parking spots in the office. And, I mean, that 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 plays somewhat of a role. He's not wrong. I mean, because sure. at the end of the day, you have to I, – I don't want to say stoop down to their level to make it seem like Russell's just above them. But, like, you're yeah, like you're a big-time quarterback. You're a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. You're going – you're most likely going to be in the Hall of Fame. Let's just calm down a little bit. Like, you got to relate to your teammates. And that's what he did in Seattle because, you know, they had the Legion of Boom and everything. But just because, you know, Denver's and, you know, they're a young team and, you know, you're just this big shot quarterback. You got to kind of just like you said, lower your expectations, be a teammate. Like I'm not saying that runs a bad team or anything, but just be more of a teammate. You know, just be more of a, a guy in the locker room instead of I'm Russell Wilson. And, you know, that's what a lot of people just kind of took away from this season. I'm not saying Russ is a bad teammate by any means. I know I, Russ is a great teammate. I mean, from what everybody's saying, he's a great teammate. What he shows, he's a, he's a leader. But 
those types of things, like having the office. I mean, it's just Broncos Broncos kind of gave them, you know, just a little bit too much, you know, flexibility this season. And it played a, it played a part. I'm, I'm sure it played a part because when you got guys like K.J. Hamler banging their helmets on the ground and doing all that and talking about he's not getting along with Russ, I mean, that factors into it. Yeah, I wonder if, uh, and I know if any coach is going to do this, I wonder if Sean Payne genuinely is willing to, you know, take that office out of the building and use it for something else. Um, that that would that would definitely be interesting. I don't think it was sir drama by any means, but I think Sean Payne definitely is going to come in here and, uh, you know, kind of lay, lay down the, the groundwork and really show who is in charge this year and who, um, you know, that everybody's going to have to earn the respect and earn these privileges like office or reserve parking spots. If I don't know if that's actually true, but um, he, I think he's just going to come in here and give this, <laughs> give this, uh, you know, kind of groundwork that everybody's going to have to earn everything um, and, you know, not just get it because of their past success. Um, I love that what he's laying down there. Um Next thing I want to kind of jump into, uh, obviously speaking to Russell Wilson, him and Sean Payton did actually keep in contact throughout the interview process. Sean Payton uh, confirmed it. Uh, he kind of joked around a little bit and said that he, uh, when he saw Russell Wilson calling him, he didn't he didn't want to get in trouble, so he was hesitant to answer it. But they end, uh, they did indeed uh, keep up in contact with each other throughout the process, and I'm thinking that's really cool. That's something you want to see out of your quarterback. You know, the recruiting aspect is a big you know a big part of it. You know, we see there in Atlanta right now, Cordero Patterson's trying to recruit every single person and their grandma to Atlanta. So um, that recruiting aspect is very, very crucial um, in this process. And, you know, I'm sure it played a little bit of a factor in bringing Champagne uh, here to Denver. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely played a factor. I mean, when you got a guy like Russell Wilson, um, just, you know, the, the type of player he is, Super Bowl winning quarterback and everything like that, and he's vouching for you to come telling him that, you know, we need your help. It definitely plays a factor. I mean, just and also all, all the other jobs he – um that he was interviewing for, they didn't have a franchise quarterback and their ownership wasn't like Denver's ownership. So it definitely played a part in his decision-making. But um, I don't know, did you see what Terry Bradshaw said yesterday? Oh my God. I don't like Terry (laughs) Bradshaw, man, dude. He's, he's so biased and he like, I don't know what he has against Russell Wilson. It's definitely definitely some, he said, um, yeah, he said Sean Payton, he didn't want to go to the Cardinals because of Kyler Murray, which I doubt is true. I don't think he didn't want to. I mean, Kyler Murray is a whole different story, but I just don't see Sean Payton not going there. I mean, and he said he also took the Broncos job in spite of Russell Wilson. That was just kind of – that's not true. Bro, he, I'm why, not going to lie. I think he like, might be what? racist. Bro, he – I don't know if he's racist or some shit, but, bro, he is so – I don't like Terry Bradshaw, man. And, you know, prayers to his health and everything, but, like, dude, he is so – I don't see where this is generating from. Like, why, why, why is it just? I hate this, bro. No, I'm not gonna lie. Like, cause um, it got sent to my group chat. I'm like, but this is not true. Like, Terry Bradshaw is just he's just talking. Like, he just loves the. He's gonna get attention. So, I mean, no, that that what he said. It, I like, I, like you said, I, I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it stemmed from. But um, no, he didn't take that job in spite of Russell Wilson. Cause if if that was the case, if he really felt that way, he probably wouldn't wouldn't have even took the Broncos job to begin with. So no, that's not true. Um. But yeah, I, I think having Russ definitely played a big part. Russ, him and Russ being able to communicate, it kind of put us, you know, a step ahead of other teams because he's able to talk to a guy like Russell Wilson, you know, that can that they already game plan and stuff already that they're just a few steps ahead. So yeah, it definitely played a big part of it. 
Yeah, and then another little snippet he gave us uh, kind of after the presser um, when he was talking to media. He said uh, he's a really good ma- game manager, and he doesn't anticipate Broncos fans having to count down the play clock from uh, 30 seconds, um, which is one of the, like the biggest peewee NFL football moments. I can't believe that actually had to happen there in the Houston game. I watched that whole game. That may have been the worst coaching, like, coaching like game i've ever witnessed like it never like a game never stood out to me that coaching was the problem despite that game and it was only week two i mean yeah i don't think clock management is going to be a problem i don't see the broncos going to be hiring somebody that has to come in and manage the clock and it, it, that's 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 not going to happen they have to count down the play clock so nathaniel hackett won't get a delay a game and russ and him can get ready that's not going to happen yeah, that's kind of crazy. One of the worst horribly managed games I've seen in recent memory. Um, then the last uh, last little snippet I got, um, Latavius Murray texted Sean Payton after the Broncos season ended because um, obviously they played they uh, he played for Sean Payton there in New Orleans um, before he was eventually pushed off the practice squad by Denver. Um, he texted him and said, we need to find a way to get you here. Um, and Payton replied, be careful what you ask Santa for. So Russell Wilson isn't the only corner, corny person in the Denver Broncos building, <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought was, I thought that was funny the little exchange they had them uh, between them. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just like you know coming to assumptions here, but I don't think they would let. I don't think Sean Payne would let Latavius Murray go after he essentially kind of recruited him to Denver. Um, I think this is a step in the right direction towards uh, like w- both of us uh, want. Like we want Latavius Murray back, and I think I think this is kind of an indication that he'll be back. They have a relationship. Yeah, yeah I mean, and it, it it ties into what you know that we also saying that it's gonna be a lot of veteran signings. It's gonna be a lot of veteran signings. You know, like guys coming there for cheap, and Latavius Murray fits that perfectly. I mean, he's just played for the Broncos, got experience under Sean Payton. I mean, that's just where he's probably going to get re-signed and maybe rather, you know, pretty quickly. I mean, because, you know, he, they're not going to rush Javante back. You know, they're going to – Sean Payton's going to love to use him, but I don't think he's going to rush him back. Um, so, I think, yeah, Latavius Murray will be – I'm about 95% sure Latavius Murray will be a Bronco next season. I'll be shocked if he isn't, especially that Sean Payton brought him up and, you know, the, the presser and everything like that. I'm pretty sure Latavius Murray is going to be back. So, I mean, look, I'm all for it. You know, me and you already said that we want to keep Latavius Murray, so – yeah, let's go. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be it for today's episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. That's a wrap on you know everything with Sean Payton's coaching staff, all the news uh, and everything we're hearing about who he may, who he may potentially hire, and then obviously his introductory uh, press conference as well. I mean, look, that press conference was something else. I mean, um, we I don't think we've you know witnessed a press conference like that introducing a new head coach or even a quarterback like in like a long time. I mean, we heard about you know the media and the uh, different guys and organizations talking about how there's just a different kind of buzz and a feeling in that building when Sean Payton arrived, um, obviously from working with Fox the previous day. Um, just super excited. The kind of culture change is going to bring here in Denver. We're going to con- constantly remind you guys that he is going to change the mindset and the whole standard here back to what it should be from day one. Obviously, a, a franchise that has won three Super Bowls. We need to get back there. Yesterday was seven years since the Broncos not only won the Super Bowl, but it was seven years since the Broncos were in the postseason. So. I think Sean Payne's the is the right guy to get us, you know, back there in contention, and I'm super excited for it. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, like you said in the beginning of the episode, make sure if you're listening on YouTube, make sure you like and hit the subscribe button, have notifications on so you don't miss any of these 
full in-depth breakdown episode. Super excited and, uh, you know, uh, to move forward with, uh, you know, seeing who Sean Payne brings in for the coaching staff. Uh, maybe they hire Sean Desai um, in, the, in the next few days. Maybe we'll know who our DC is. So make sure to keep a lookout for that episode as we come out and break down who our next defensive coordinator is. Um, also, we have some very special guests coming up. Uh, you know, a four, uh, you know, a current Broncos player that's uh, soon to come on the, you know, show. Um, and then obviously some uh, more content creators as well. Um, you know, going to join the uh, Broncos having a podcast as well. So hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you're listening on uh, Spotify Apple Podcast, make sure you follow up notifications on. Um, with that being said, I'm your host Amir with my co-host Jordan. Till the next one, peace. Peace.